episode 30. I'm Seth Allen. This is my secret basketball podcast. You found it. You found it. Uh, first new episode of 2024. I th- I think just because, I don't know, I've been watching a ton of basketball. I've been going to see a, a ton of basketball. Um, noteworthy things have been happening, uh, but I just haven't felt the need to, to do another ep. I think because really it's i'm following my my natural circadian rhythms as a basketball fan of like i kind of like you kind of chill out in january right you kind of like okay we know who the best teams are uh you know college is starting you know euro league's going nba is going it's all exciting and we're kind of just in the getting here into maybe the doldrums part of the season you know and i kind of go into hibernation a little bit uh, save my strength for really all-star weekend and after because that's when you lock in for the playoffs um, for the postseasons uh, get closer to the draft start looking at that more you know March Madness is coming up so uh, I'm back I'm coming out of my cocoon here I'm getting ready um, also quick question did the name of the podcast change for you in, in whatever device you you see this podcast in um, because I changed the name of the basketball pod. I know there's a lot of Pepitos out there, a lot of Sanchitos and us that might, uh, uh, you know, lose some of the charm. This is what happened. So the pod, I tried to rename it Secret Basketball Pod. Uh, we had a long, good run with Pepe. Uh, the, <laughs> the reason I was changing it was because uh, I had a, a pal uh, who who basically said if I come to uh, Euro Eurobasket 2025 finals, which is when all the European national teams play their tournament. And he said, hey, if you come to this, uh, I will guarantee you a, a media credential. <laughs> and I said, okay, that's pretty cool. You know, uh, I, I hope to go. I plan to go. Um, it's not till you know, 2025, but, you know, plan these things early. And um, I just... I had a vision of myself walking around um, Finland and Estonia and and, <laughs> and Poland and, and Latvia and Cyprus. Not that I would go to all those places, but that's where the games are. And uh, I'd probably mostly be in Tallinn and Finland, I assume, uh, just with a media badge that said Pepe Sanchez on it. On a con- continent in an environment where a lot of people know Pepe Sanchez, a lot of people probably knew him personally. And I thought it's already weird enough that I'm there pretending to be a media member. Um, <laughs> it'd be even weirder to have to explain to them. Because over here, it's funny because Pepe's like basically my one of my very favorite players of all time. And he's kind of obscure in America. So I thought it was a, a, a good name for a, for a secret basketball podcast. Over there, all those people, he's they know who he is. He's a legend to them. So they were like, wait, did Pepe send you here? And I'll be like, no, um, it's just the name of my podcast. And they're like, oh, so is it focused on <laughs> like uh, Argentinian basketball? I'm like, no, not really, not not at all, actually. Is it focused on European uh, basketball where you play mostly professionally? I'll say, no, not, not so much. Um, it's just like a really uh, no-budget uh, podcast of me uh, talking into uh, – a Zoom, an H4N Pro Zoom, um, and then uh, sporadically releasing them and uh, not promoting them anywhere. Um, and <laughs> for a, for a small for a small period of time, 
Um, thousands of people listened to it, and then that all went away, and I don't know what happened. And so now, you know, you, you already hear, you hear what you hear what I sound like. I don't want to have this conversation, and then I'm having it with somebody, you know, who's a journalist from Malaga, who already we got a language barrier. You know what I mean? It's just it's too much. I can't get the nuance. I can't get the Pepe nuance. So I changed it to Secret Basketball Pod because that's something I can live with. You know, being on a on a credential. Um, and not having to explain too much, although, you know, it's still a, it's mysterious, it's uh, alluring, so maybe I'll just rock with that. And then, you know, maybe just <laughs> now, now I don't have to worry about Pepe finding out about it. You know, we got a fresh start. It's a new year. It's a new beginning. It's a new dawn. It's a new day for us for the Secret Basketball Pod. Uh, and I wanted to check in right now. I'm recording this the day of the Super Bowl, which, believe it or not, I'm not watching. Um, uh, maybe I'll break down and do it, but as of now, this morning, no. I, in fact, today I turned on the TV, and by TV I mean the NBA app, and I saw that they're showing uh, Risa Shea's game, who is who as of last week, I think, in the Draft Express 2024 NBA mock, was moved to the projected number one overall pick in the upcoming draft. Uh, he plays in the French League, um, the same league that Victor came out of last year. And the NBA is pushing this narrative that he is the number one pick. And it's part of a bigger plan. The NBA is trying to get its, its big, its big, thin, long fingers around that meaty French back basketball baguette and just trying to squeeze it, just trying to rip it, just trying to devour it. And you're seeing the signs everywhere. Uh, and I haven't heard it really called out before that... I mean, I think people, some people know that it's happening and think it's obvious, but I've never heard someone just do a little bit of a, a deep dive into it. So that's what I was, that's what got me off my, off my couch today. I'm watching these <laughs> Risa Shea's game on the NBA app and they're not just letting the local announcers call it. And some of his team's games, by the way, are on the ESPN, the ESPN app as well, because they play in the, the Champions League, which is like this, uh, a tier down from, from EuroLeague. It's like a FIBA kind of competitor slash I guess it's a competitor for the second league down anyways um so those games sporadically show up on the ESPN app I've noticed but for the NBA app they're showing the game and they got these two two American nerds who are in their living rooms over here and they're not calling the game they're just talking about Risa Shade they're trying to hype him up they're talking about how he's the number one pick um but here's the thing about Risa Shade he doesn't have the ball very much on that team. He really is a um, a role player. I mean, he's 18, but he's not like Victor was where he's coming down and shooting one-footed floater three-pointers and doing all this crazy stuff, has the ball a lot. He's really a catch-the-ball shoot or catch-the-ball-and-pass-it-back kind of guy who people like his potential. Also, if you want any other indication about how there's a lot of hype about how this draft sucks. One of the funniest <laughs> little uh, exhibit uh, for submission towards that that I've seen is on ESPN's mock draft. Okay, and here's a little insider goss too. So ESPN makes you pay for ESPN Plus for uh, the Draft Express stuff. But the low-key sicko tip is that ESPN's mock draft big board is always free and not behind a payroll paywall. So if you just go and you type in 
uh, you know, ESPN 2024 mock draft big board. Uh, it takes you, oh, you got to put in NBA or they'll give you football. Um, it takes you right to basically their top 100, and that's all free, and it has all the same information in it. So I don't know if they left that back door in as just like a salute salute to the sickos. I kind of doubt it because ESPN is more about making money. So I think they just maybe haven't thought about it. Or I'm sure some people who are like writing that stuff notice it. Maybe they're just being cool by not bringing it up. But it's all in there. But anyways, on Risa Shee's uh, little bio, you know, they do little blurbs about what kind of player it is, what kind of potential. Scouts are thinking it's a... <laughs> Henry Sichet, who was moved into the number one pick overall. His comparison player is Trey Murphy III, which, who is a totally uh, fine player uh, in the National Basketball League for, for the Pelicans. But when you're talking about drafting number one overall and they're comparing it to, you know, a, a guy who, uh, you know, he's in his third season... He comes off the bench. He's a solid rotation guy. Not really thought of as pro like an all-star type. And they're calling him, that's the comp for the new number one overall pick. All right. Um, so it's these two guys trapped in their respective living rooms having to talk about this guy who, um, number one, doesn't get the ball a whole lot. And I would rather that they just call the game, right? He's playing Tony Parker's team, Asheville. And, and number two... Um, <laughs> When he gets the ball, it's literally like, catch the ball. Am I open? Jumper. Catch the ball. Am I open? No. Pass back. It kind of like solid perimeter defense. There's not a whole lot to like, like Victor, where you're ooing and aahing and picking apart and tantalizing. But it's part of the NBA uh, baguette propaganda machine that they're rolling out. So I expect all his games are going to be on there because they got to hype up him and they got to hype up France. All right. And by the way, 2024 draft. This has been brought up elsewhere, but the last time people said a draft was this bad, Giannis came out of the draft, you know, in the mid mid end of the, like, whatever, 18th pick of the first round. So there is going to be, I still think there could be stars in here. It's just kind of a fun year where it's like all these sickos are just, like, shooting up the draft boards that wouldn't normally be the type of player that, <laughs> that and when I say sicko, I mean the type of players that sickos like me like are shooting up the draft boards just because there's not the more conventional, like, super high, you know, you know, 12-foot arms, super fast, you know, kind of, like, prospects this year. Um, so it's kind of fun. I actually am enjoying it. You can really just take your um, take your favorite guy, you know. Um, Shout-out to Sonny, but he's been hyping up Rob Dillingham since before the season started. Suddenly, Rob Dillingham, who, who is a... Uh, a very cool FUD player and suddenly he's number four in mock drafts is just like a six foot like point guard who could you know make plays take care of the ball but not kind of not usually the type of person you see at that high of the draft um you know also my guy uh, Carter from Providence who I've been watching you know because for whatever reason on my on my streaming packages, I get Big East games. They're on early in the mornings on weekends. It fits my schedule perfectly. And so, you know, I have my favorites over there. And even my guy who I <laughs> who I like, Devin Carter, I like him because he's just kind of this different kind of point guard. And I was like, oh, he would be – maybe he'll get a, like a second-round pick or I'll, I'll root for him. And now I saw suddenly he's like 17th 
you know, one above where Giannis went in the last draft that was this bad. You know, so it's a it's a fun year if you like to get into a guy. You know, Reed Shepard, uh, that he might get a whole nother podcast because I don't know when the last time there was a one and done white American guard um, who went in the lottery. Um, the only person who comes to mind is Nico Mannion, uh, who's, you know, currently playing in in Euroleague, very interesting career. A lot of hype out of Hoop Summit because he outplayed Cole Anthony. I was at that game, and he did. They literally had to have Cole Anthony not guard him in the second half because Nico was torching Cole Anthony. And then Nico goes to Arizona, one and done, um, kicks around with the Warriors, going back and forth between their G League team. And because he has Italian uh, uh, an Italian passport, even though he's from Arizona, goes over to Euroleague. Um, but let's see where he was drafted. Oh, Nico Mannion was drafted in the second round, pick 48. So, yeah, I don't know what the precedent for Reed Shepard is. And the fact that him and Rob are both coming off the bench at Kentucky and <laughs> both now top projected top 10 picks is amazing. And they're both just, like, good little guards who, you know, they're good. But you just wouldn't normally see, you know, Rob being, like, really, in, you know, really a small six-foot point guard. Um, and then, you know, Reed being like a 6'2 shooting guard, neither one of them crazy long arms or, or, or anything like that. They're just like skilled, savvy players who are very good. It's cool to see them <laughs> getting shot up this high of the draft. It makes you think that a, like some of these um, top picks, usually teams like really want those, those guys because they overperform their contracts. And when you think about the rookie scale, this might be a season, <laughs> this, this might be a class where, if you draft high up, you're getting a guy who really is underperforming uh, against his contract and is just not a good dollar investment on your on your cap. It's very interesting. Anyways, I get off. I, I got uh, derailed here. I'm doing this during Super Bowl day because this is classic counter-programming, all right? This is the puppy bowl of media because the NBA has taken over France. They got their big, long fingers wrapped right around that, that honking hard <laughs> baguette of France um, and it really makes so much sense and then there's like a surprise beneficiary to all this if you follow the money okay but let me lay the groundwork a little bit more here okay France seventh largest economy in the world all right that's number one so there's a ton of money to be made all right here that's why you don't really see the that's why you see the NBA they went over and played games in France this year right that's why you will never see them go, they, like, I will be shocked, and I know they have been invited to go play games in Serbia, where, you know, the fans have so much passion, so many uh, NBA players come from Serbia and the countries around Serbia. It makes a lot of sense as a cool basketball thing to do, but it does not uh, make sense money-wise for the NBA, because... Number one, Serbia's basketball infrastructure is already very established, right? It's not like the NBA is going to come over there and be like, hey, we're going to start an NBA academy. No, they don't need that. They're developing their talent. They know how to do it clearly. They're making basketball a fact. They're like a basketball factory. Serbia, economy, world ranking. There's just no money to be made um, enough for the NBA to really want to invest over there. Um, Serbia's economy is ranked 86th. Uh, so, you know, they'd rather spend their time in France. Okay, so, okay, 
Seventh largest economy, so the, the money potential's there. Huge interest in basketball. Um, if you look at the World Streetball Championships, the, the, is it Qua? Qua? Qua 54? Um, massive, massive event, basketball event that happened like, in Paris recently. Um, it's sponsored by Jordan Brand. Luka Doncic is over there judging the dunk contest. Uh, packed out arenas, lots of energy, lots of enthusiasm. Like they, they love basketball there. Um, they're, they're also matching that love with crazy talent. Obviously, Victor is going to be one of the biggest people, you know, uh, like perhaps an all-timer, likely, um, from France. And then, you know, Risa Shea is coming this year. There's more, there's a huge talent pipeline in France, so they like to harness that. Um, the Olympics are in 2024. And it's just going to turbocharge that. We were sending over the Avengers Team USA squad. All the players want to do it because Paris is such a fun city. And France is like a big, uh, you know, money-making opportunity. I don't know how many of the NBA players realize that those games are actually going to be played quite a ways outside of Paris. Um, they're going to be taking a bus into the sticks for those games. I don't know if they know that. Uh I mean, they probably don't really care, but it is a, a little less convenient and, and less glamorous uh, than I think they may be uh, understanding right now. But the Olympics are going to turbocharge basketball. Team USA will be there with all with LeBron and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Those guys will all be there. Um, and the French team is really good. And it'll be competitive. It'll be great. So they have this big event. Um, so you see all of these things about the NBA, like really getting their fingers wrapped around that that hard throbbing baguette and who benefits really besides the nba you know who saw this coming our friend david Kahn, portland's own sports journalist turned gm um turned uh disgraced uh well not, i would say disgraced he's he basically as if gm was of course famous for when you draft three point guards in that one draft and none of them were steph curry um you know, kind of like flamed out as a GM pretty quickly. Uh, lives in Portland. Last time I saw him pop up on any kind of media, uh, David was, uh, his, some protesters were, were protesting his neighbor, uh, the mayor of Portland, <laughs> Ted Wheeler. And David God came down with a with an NBA All-Star Weekend t-shirt on to give those kids a talk it to and to tell them, you know, hey, Basically, you're being annoying and, and nobody likes you. And then he got uh, roasted by a protester for being a notoriously shitty GM. And that's on the internet. And uh, shout out to Connor. Uh, <laughs> go get a beer over at Worker's Tap. Um, that was a very funny moment. But David Kahn, look, he's living a great life and he's winning. He owns Paris basketball. Yep. Yep, that's what David Kahn's been doing. He's been splitting his time between... Portland and hanging out with Ted Wheeler and going over to Paris because um, Paris didn't have a major basketball team. So David Kahn got an investment group together. He saw this. He saw this. All right. Kahn. All right. That's an old reference. He saw this. So he's been, he started a few years ago. So France also has a very good domestic league, right? It's like a top, I usually see it ranked as like a top four or five um leagues in the world very good right competitive um and but there was no major team in paris so david got big money together 
he established Paris Basketball. Paris Basketball in 2018, all right? And it, what that's interesting because if you look at these Euro teams, a lot of them go back 100 years. Some of them go back 100 years. A lot of them go, go back 50 years. I mean, these are like, these the, the big clubs in Europe tend to be very old. Um, so this is a brand new thing. 2018, David Kahn's over there. He gets a bunch of money together. Um, they just call it Paris basketball. There's not, the mascot is Paris, all right? The logo is a basketball. They don't even, is there an Eiffel Tower hidden in that basketball? Doesn't look like it. It's just Paris basketball because they want to use the Paris brand and they want to use basketball and they want to smush them together and they want to own everything. So they've only been five years um, in existence. They're already at the top of the French, which if you know in Europe, they have you have to usually work your way up. Um, so they're already at the top of... Um, they're in the top league of, uh, of Paris professional basketball. Um, let me see where they, it looks like they're fifth currently in, in the league that is called LMB Pro A. Um, yeah, they're currently fifth, but they're very close to second. Um, and the top two teams in this league are Monaco, shout out to Mike James, we'll do an episode on, on him soon probably, and, and Asvel, the team Tony Parker owns. So, and those are both EuroLeague teams that also play in the, the, the top you know, international league. So they're coming for it. So Paris is fighting right now, basically. Uh, if they can win this league, you know, they'll, they'll have a chance to be invited to EuroLeague. Uh, so then, you know, they'll be the big dog. But if you think about it in France, it's like, yeah, obviously the Paris team is going to have a lot of money and power and attention. And, you know, it's going to be attractive for players to go over there. Um, <clears throat> all they needed was really that organization and that money behind it. And David Kahn is doing that. So it, David Kahn has been there the whole time. All right. He's also going to be the big American hotshot over there as the NBA, uh, you know, s gets their gets their fingers on that baguette uh, more and more tightly. So, shout out to David Kahn, I guess. Um, <laughs> but anyways, just keep watching. That France thing is very interesting to me. Uh, I think that's going to be huge. Um, you know, we've already. I mean, the and the the NBA is immediately into it. I mean, they played games over there this year already, and that was because of Victor, right? That's going to become a regular thing. We're going to have more and more um, like really good French players in the NBA. Uh, the NBA and the NBA can like really get in there early enough to build that infrastructure, make tons of money, and you know, do what they do. Um, another thing I had, oh, you know, I should have got to this earlier. I went to Dame night, um, when Dame's, Damian Lillard's first game back in Portland. Now I got hosed. I, <laughs> I, I overestimated Portland's love for Dame in some ways. Um, because hours after the, the Dame trade, I thought, oh my God, obviously it's going to be amazing to see when Dame comes back to Portland. And it was, but I went on, this was, I remember four hours after the trade, I went on and tickets were already, uh, shooting up 
in in cost because of demand, sudden demand. And I thought, okay, I'm still gonna do this right now. I took <laughs> money from my I, I I stockpile my comedy money. I have a job that pays for my life, luckily. So the comedy money I make, I I have its own account and I use it to pay for comedy things when I need to, you know, if I need to if I want to travel or something like that. Uh, or sometimes just something that's so superfluous that I can't really justify, you know, the other money, uh, you know, that, that I share with another person. Uh, it's a hard, that's a hard sell on that one. So it ends up after fees and stuff. I paid $200 for a 300 level seat to Dame Night four hours after the trade. That's with fees and stuff. And I remember laughing because it actually came to more than I paid for season tickets to the Rip City Remix. So I paid, I think it was like 196 for... A season ticket to the Rip City Remix, and then uh, about 200 for one game at the Rose Garden. So I went to the game, um, and of course, emotional. Yeah, the tears were welling up. I loved it. Uh, as you expected, multiple tribute videos, multiple ovations. Uh, Dame doing the little heart thing with his hands, which I don't like, but I'll, but you know, in that situation, hey, I'll, I'll heart you back, Dame. Uh, typically, I find that gesture annoying, but for Dame, on Dame night, absolutely not. Um, some funny stuff though that I didn't expect was, um, they showed Doc Rivers during intros on the Jumbotron and everyone just booed him and Doc was like looking at his clipboard or whatever. And he looked up to see like, Hey, what are people booing? And he saw that it was him and he just let out a genuine, just chuckle. <laughs> and, and even in my section, they were like, Hey, why do we hate him? Did he do something? Like nobody, <laughs> we couldn't really, I don't remember Doc saying anything. I'm like, Oh, I guess we just hate Doc Rivers. I mean, okay. Um, I don't know why, but you know, he thought it was funny. So he's been around. So that is funny. Um, Congratulations on coaching the All-Star game with your losing record this season, Doc. Um, Chauncey Billups got booed very heavily. Um, there's people up in, in my section with Fire Chauncey t-shirts they made from home. Um, you know, and that's why I think you hear, if you're not going to the games and you're wondering why the players are praising Chauncey to the media pretty regularly, uh, it's because they know that he's getting booed by fans and that makes them feel bad and they're sticking up for their coach who they actually seem to enjoy um uh despite not really having any kind of offensive uh system or cohesion or a lot of things that you hope to get from your coach um that was fun oh and then the, the most kind of like blazersy thing of the night was this kid holds up a sign that says dame win a ring then come home that gets a massive ovation and it's sweet but the reaction to it is just like oh we are a loser fan base <laughs> we are fucking losers like it's so beyond comprehension that we will ever be contending for a title that it's like hey yeah go win a championship and then come here and lose again with us where we like you okay because we are losers all right, we know that there's no possible time where you will contend for a championship here. We understand it. So go do what you got to do, you know, and then come home to your to this loser fan base again. Um, <laughs> and also, the only, um, just a little Blazers uh, marketing thing. This was leading up to the deadline. I thought this is why you really don't know what the Blazers are going to do. There's still, like, I keep an eye on player-specific merch, all right? 
that's who the org is pushing. That's who the organization thinks is in the in the plans for the long term. And right now on the Blazers fan shop, there's only two players with player specific merch: um, Damian Lillard and Scoot Henderson. That's it. And the Dame stuff isn't even heavily discounted. I think it's funny. They're going to like, oh, it's five percent off. This guy who doesn't play here anymore. But maybe, but maybe he will again once he wins, and then he can come back here and be a loser with us again. Uh, so that's it. That's the episode. Thanks, everybody. Secret basketball pod. Uh, let me know if you think it's a dumb idea and I should just keep rocking with Pepe Sanchez. I just thought, you know, if I'm already someone nobody knows, already a, uh, an American, do I want to have to t- try to have that conversation? Is it, Does it seem disrespectful? Um, I'm a guest, you know. The guy who offered me the credential doesn't know the name of the pod. So it's not like, oh, he knows that and he's fine with it. No, he doesn't know the name of it. He's just a pal from way back who who has grown. Um, it's David Kahn. It's David Kahn, everybody. <laughs> uh, no, he's not. But anyways, that's it. Pepe Sanchez. Let me know if you, if you I mean, it's not Pepe Sanchez. If you think I should change it back, you know, hit me up. Hey, Seth Allen, all platforms. Uh, or, you know, hi, Seth Allen at gmail.com, which is always confusing. But hey, Seth Allen at gmail.com was taken. So that's some other... Some other motherfucker probably with a secret fucking nerd podcast. Hate him. All right. Thanks, everybody. Um, Oh, big thing. You know, the All-Star Game is coming up this weekend. I'm sure I will have to record something. The All-Star Game is my favorite mistake. It's my favorite disaster. It's like a poorly run circus every year. And I'm here for it. I'm already getting hyped up for the skills challenge. You know, American Gladiator style. Let's do it. All right. I'll, I'll talk to you then. Secret basketball pod, he said that on all platforms.